0: your country so at the time and times come and you think this is as bad as it can get and you feel like the country is hitting literally the bottom and all your freedoms are at risk and your livelihoods and your family and your futures watch out because God's going to turn it on a dime and he's going to give it back to you I feel before, it's 1776 in America It's 1776 again in this room tonight. Because you are the people. You know what's at risk. And you know that within the law, you'll never let it happen. This is America. We are Americans, and we were born with the gift that God gave us of the spirit of freedom. That's why in 1776, when a third of the colonies said, well, King George is not so bad. Maybe we can live with King George. After all, he kind of came from over there. And then another third were asleep. They didn't much care. Well, King George is not that bad. These patriots, they're they're okay. But I'm kind of on the fence. I'm asleep. But there was a third of Americans that loved freedom. They were the patriots. And a third of Americans at that time comes. They beat King George because that third had God on their side. Because God loved freedom like they loved freedom. He gave them that love, and God plus one is a majority. Oh. And God is on our side, and he is. Because he loves you. He chose you. You are his child. God plus one to win. In fact, the good news is he's already won. The enemy has already been defeated. But the devil will lie to him and say, you can do this, you can do this. No, you can't. Try that once, it won't work. The devil is a student of humanity. He studies humanity to try to get you to react a certain way to events. The devil looked over and said, what's God doing? Because he tries to find out what you're doing and what you're doing. He tracks you along the way to figure out what you're doing because he doesn't know the future. And he sees you going oh, this,' And he tries to pull you away keep you doing God's work. He'll try to distract you and shake your faith. He does the same thing with God. He's tracking God somewhere. It's God up to And he figured out oh, God's about to do the second harvest. Because God does things in three The first harvest was when Jesus came back, rose from the dead, walked three times to the earth, and it was the advent of Christianity and the belief that Jesus was the Son of God. The last harvest is when Jesus, and he's going to do it. He's going to come down here on that white horse with a sickle in one hand, and a harvest, sword in the other and He's going to take the battlefield out in one breath. He's Almighty God. And He's real. And He's a living God. So that's one time. The final harvest, that's two times. God's favorite number is three. Perfect number seven. So where is that second harvest? It's now. It's happening now. And before this is over, you're going to know once again that God is real. He's going to show you. You're living in the most exciting time in mankind's history since 2,000 years ago when people saw Jesus walk on the face of the earth. So when people are trying to say, woe in his gnashing of teeth, you raise your eyes and you raise your hands and you praise God and you be excited. Yeah. So when he came, here's the secret He came as the perfect Son of God, and when He comes to the last time, He comes as Himself. God is with you in this world now. Now we know he's has got a but He's got a leader. He's got somebody that's imperfect that's going to lead the way. He's in the room right now. I'm not talking about me. But he's in this room right now. Wouldn't it be great if he, if he walked in and came down here and gave him the mic? He said, Jesus, would you say a few words? <laughs> He's not going to do that. That's it, because he wants you to follow him by faith and not sight. Walk by faith and not sight, but walk by the faith that God Almighty is with you right now. So it's all going to be well. He works through his people, his instruments. He created each one of you after he chose you to be his child oh jesus and he gave you a task and he gave you the tools to perform he made general flynn a warrior he gave him the spirit he gave him the spirit that michael flynn when he stands up and tells you i will never quit michael flynn will never quit I heard him say the other day, Well, what happens if it's the worst? He looked over, and I think this is right. He said, I'm prepared to stand before a firing squad. God's not going to let you do that. Because you're going to leave this country just like you're leading this country right now, General Flynn. God bless you. He created you too, and he gave you certain tasks, and he gave you certain tools to get it done. (laughs) And he can sell (laughs) (laughs) stuff. When God gave him multitasking abilities, he can sell pillows, he can sell (laughs) now free speech you yeah. can also he can also sell God Can't you Mike? You. Right. You God you're to God So God gives you the people Including all of you, to do his will And his will is to keep America free God is the beginning and the end Of Alpha and Omega. Created this earth Perfect and then, when he burns it by fire, he recreates it, perfect, such as it was in the beginning, so it shall be in the end. And when he created America, he created us free, such as we were in the beginning, such as we will be at the end. America will always be free. Yeah. So don't. You know, don't listen to the trick of the devil when he figured out that God's doing the second harvest, and the devil said, "Look, oh, I'll do a fake tribulation." Everybody looks around and says, "This is the end times." Look at what the Bible says: and there's rumors of wars and wars, and children i not liking their parents, and people lying and cheating, and false prophets everywhere. And you go through the checklist and says, "This is going on right now." It's a fake tribulation. Because the last time I checked, the Bible said, God's going to rapture you before tribulation. The devil can't fake rapture, can he? So don't let the liar of liars deceive you. This is not tribulation. This is the second heart. So be prepared to celebrate, not to mourn. America will be free. America will survive. America will go back to what it was in the beginning. A country that is a nation under God. Where God is put back in schools. Where God is back in the body politic and God is back in government. Don't forget in 1776 those reluctant patriots were inspired by God. So was Michael Flynn. So was Michael and David are many of the wonderful people that are leaving this country right now. I see you and I don't want to start naming names cause I leave somebody out and we're all in it together. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak with you. To share what I believe is the message that God wanted me to share with you now. Most important, He knows you're important. He knows every feeling in your heart. He knows every thought in your mind. He understands you. And he loves you so much that he overlooks your imperfections. He forgives you. Mm -hmm. Because we're going to be around on the one grain of sand and we get to know each other tonight. It's a good thing. Because we're going to be around together in eternity, which is every grain of sand above and below the water of every ocean in the world. Live and invest your life for the long term, not the grain of sand. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. God bless you. God bless you, my friend. God bless you, my world. God bless you, before. And God bless America.
1: Right. Next. Okay, we're gonna take a quick uh, yeah, 90 second break here, hug somebody, get, spread the herd immunity, right? Dr. Jim? Dr. Jim, can you spread the herd immunity? Okay, so hug somebody you don't know. Hug somebody you don't know. Stretch it out. Don't look out at 90 seconds here. Just hug somebody and just match. What's going on your test for now? Amen. Be careful about security. Right? Don't have like security. I'll give everybody a security. I don't nine years ago, nine killed herself because she has a friend. We'll grab a seat when we're preparing for our final presentation tonight. All right, first of all, grab a seat here. Grab a seat. Everybody grab a seat. Everybody grab a seat we we'll we get started in just a second. A quick housekeeping notes. Tomorrow morning, again, who's a speaker tomorrow? If you're a speaker tomorrow, there's a speaker's entrance. Look for the speaker's interest, okay? The people looking for you go going to the speaker's entrance. If you're a speaker, your security can bring whatever weapons they want. If you're not a speaker, don't pretend you're a speaker. we all know you're not a speaker because you're not going to be speaking. Okay, everybody grab a seat. Everybody grab a seat. Okay, grab a seat okay, right there. And those party, tonight. party, tonight. party to that, Party to there. Party to it's Let's grab seat. Here we Come okay, I'm seat. Okay. Now, if you are a speaker, again tomorrow we'll be looking for you, but you have to bring your ID, unless you're General Flynn, because we know who you are. So tomorrow, again, you have to bring your ID to get in. You have to bring your ID to get in. It's like we're trying to run a high integrity election. It's crazy, crazy people. We will discriminate against you because of your Caucasianness if you don't bring your ID. You gotta bring your ID. No Caucasians in without an ID. Clear There's a clear ID tomorrow. Let's all grab a seat. Let's go grab a seat again. Bring your ID tomorrow, but as soon as you can start pre-registering, getting in there and convert your ID as early as 6 in the morning if you want to. Half of the people got in already pre-registered, if you haven't yet, door's open at 6 a.m. We have mariachis tomorrow morning. At 6 in the morning, mariachis, dueling pianos, a funk band, all at 6 in the morning. But you cannot partake without an ID. OK. All right. So let's all grab a seat. And now, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, let's introduce General Michael Flynn. <laughs>
2: gentlemen, young man, come on up here, with a nice tie, and those little girls over here, come on up here, at least the ones that, come on, come on, stand right up here for a second, okay, come on now, well, so it's late, it's late, come on, come on, it's okay, get all
0: these kids up here,
2: okay, get up here, get up here, come on. You, stand, you can stand on a chair, come on, I'm holding them. Come on, stand on the chair so everybody can, stand. Okay. can, you, can you see them. Okay. Can they see Get them on another chair, too. Yeah, stand on a chair, but hold them so we don't fall, okay? So, why I'm standing here today is because of these children right here.
0: Yes.
2: You've got to stay right here. It's, it's, it's not me, it's not even my children it's my grandchildren and I've, spoke, I've said this a hundred times if not a thousand times my granddaughter will not even be my mother's age by the turn of this coming century a 79 more years from now think about that she'll be 7 years younger than her great grandmother when she hits the turn of the century, seventy-nine years from now, which is not that far away. It's not that far away. So this is a document, kids. Look at this. You look at this. You got some hands in the pockets of your pockets. You're looking cool, <laughs> right? that a boy? So this is a document called the Constitution of the United States of America. Okay? And and it's forty-five hundred words. For the average reader, it takes about 30 minutes to read. And I'll bet you, I'll bet you $900, very few people in this room that have ever sat down and read this thing. And when you read it, when you open, when you open it up, one of, the, one of the first things that it talks about, and this gets to everything that we've been talking about tonight, one of the first things that it talks about is it talks about something called the Creator. Okay? And there's one thing that I firmly believe one thing I firmly believe for, for you kids and for everybody here and for anybody else that will hear this the one, there, is, there is one thing that comes before freedom and the one thing that comes before freedom is our faith and if you don't have faith you will never have freedom you will never have freedom and the one thing that has to wake up in this country, because it is in fact all over the world is that is the sort of the Judeo-Christian faith, but principally, the Christian community, and then a subset of that is the veterans community in our country. Now, we won this last election, so all the nonsense, all the stuff that you hear about, yeah, but we're, but we're, but we're, we're, we're standing here, though, okay? because we were outmaneuvered, we were outsmarted. Okay? So for you kids, you have got to understand why you're here tonight. Okay? You've got to understand it's hard. It's hard to understand this. It's hard to comprehend this as an adult. This is, this is. we can joke, and I like to smile, and I, and I love to, to engage with people, but this is a really, really serious time in our country. The time that we're in right now, this is a transition for our country. It is a massive transition. It's a transition that these children, if we don't figure out how we are going to, to sort of outsmart, outwork, I'll sacrifice what it is that we are facing because we are facing pure evil. It is pure evil. So this sort of call to action in our country, it's not about all this stuff that you hear about in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. will never solve our problems. Paul, for you kids, whenever somebody says, oh, those politicians, they don't know what they're doing. Well, for those of you that have said, the church, the church is messed up, or the church is this, or the church is that. Well, guess who puts those politicians in? Guess who attends the churches? Guess who are the people? The people that are supposed to be attending those and influencing those individuals who are the bishops or the pastors or the priests or the ministers. So what you have to do tonight, this weekend, and, and the, sort of the call to action for the, for this country, for everybody in this country, is to go back to your communities. And just like a gentleman said to me the other day, a couple of weeks back, he said, for 20 years I've raised two beautiful children. And they're teenagers, they're, they're a little bit older, you know, they're in their, in their early 20s now. Because I've been working as a real estate agent. And I finally looked at what was happening to my country and I got off my rear end, and I went and got involved in my local politics. This is just a year ago. So now he's running an organization that has about 250,000 conservatives. The Republican National Party doesn't want to give this guy the time of day. So I have, I have no time for them, so if you hear me say don't give a dime to the Republican
0: National Party, don't give a
2: dime to the Republican National Party. You, you kids, it's like the teachers that you have in your schools, right? You like them, you don't like them, whatever. You look at people. You look at you look at the leaders in your communities. You look at the leaders in your churches. And you decide whether you want to be part of that organization or part of that church or part of this country or part of your county or your community or whatever it is. When I look at some of these people, and I'm, I have faced, I have faced corruption up close and personal, and I know what it's like. I know what it feels like. And for whatever reason, I'm standing right here tonight. Thank God. Thank God. So, it is, it is a time in our country where we are in this. We are in this massive transition point, and we are facing a divergence. And the divergence is going to take us down two paths. Two paths. One path is either this continuation of this experiment in democracy that starts with this document, this little document right here. I mean this is when we take the constitution, this is the constitution. That's it. That's the constitution. That's one path. This continuation of a in this sort of fight for democracy in this experiment in democracy that we have. The other path is the path that we are being drawn down right now by a very small percentage of people in this country and in this and in on a planet, and that's this path of socialism and Marxism and communism. I've been on seven continents, in this on this planet, and I've seen the worst of humanity. And I would tell you the absolute worst. And the, the young lady that was up here earlier—I don't know if she's still here. She—I mean, you know, when I meet naturalized citizens. And the fight that they went through to get naturalized, and what and what they did to 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 join something, right? I mean, think about it. And I hope you kids, because I might make you say the pledge of allegiance. You all know the pledge of allegiance, yeah, yeah. The pledge of allegiance, thirty-one words. The pledge of allegiance. I pledge allegiance. I mean, think about those words. and we take all this stuff for granted, something's not working in our country. Something is not working in our country for us to have to be in this place tonight That's right. to have this kind of a, of a festival to celebrate health and freedom, but something's not right in our country. We all know what it is. We all know what it is. But like I say, 2% two, two of the passionate, will defeat 98% of the indifferent 100% of the country. So what we have to do is, it's not just an awakening or waking up. All these things, all these great things. Lynn got up here and talked about, Mike Lindell got up and talked about these documentaries. There's another documentary that's going to come out that I was just helping out with. It'll probably come out on the 4th of July. But what they are, they are messages to us. They're messages to we the people to say, you know, get your head out of your rear end, and let's get on with what we know to be true. Amen. So everywhere that you're at, I had a great conversation the last 24 hours with a with a leader and a minister, and a, he's a leader in the county. And he talked to me about the school committee, because all these kids are still wearing masks. It, it's like you would not believe how good I feel to, to stand here with these children not wearing masks.
0: And this is insane.
2: And so, what did they do? They got sick of it. They were absolutely sick of their county forcing this mask mandate on their children, on its kids. There's no, there's nobody's. I mean, God, let them get sick. My mother used to rub us up against kids that were sick. <laughs> Catch got, get rid of it, and get you know get behind, back, outside, right? So, what did they do? That the next school committee, they rallied three thousand people, and they showed up to the school committee, and they said, "We're done with this." because yeah, we're going ask this. That's, that's fighting for freedom. That's fighting for free speech because all that mask is doing is stopping free speech. It's stopping us from communicating. It's stopping us from smiling at each other. It's stopping these children from being able to be social with each other and from understanding what is going on. So, I don't know how much time we have. I don't know how much time we have. I do not have all the answers. I do not have all the answers. I do know that I'm standing here tonight, and, and, uh, you know, it's a big thank you to all the Digital soldiers, all the people that are out there in this country, for me to be allowed to stand here tonight, and that's a big deal. And I don't know why. I don't know why, but I know one thing: that as as you have heard before, particularly with my family, and I don't know where it came from, but we will not stop fighting like a Flynn. That's right. And I'm going to tell you, we we are going to we are going to win. We always plan for success, and we will succeed. We will succeed. But it will not be without sacrifice. And it will not be without long hours, long nights, and working hard and and going in and doing other things for this country and doing it for your community. Quit blaming the politicians. Quit blaming the church. Blame yourself. Look internal. And say to yourself, what is it that I need to do? What are the tasks that I need to take on? What can I do? For the women in this room and for the women of our country, I'm going to tell you tonight. If, if the if the women get fired up, the women will control and own this country. Tonight, and, and I say that because the the shift the shift in our country, the shift in our country, which is, which has it has taken over the last thirty years, and these beautiful young young girls up here tonight, I mean, they don't know what they're going to experience, but they're going to experience all kinds of things. As every woman in this room knows, and many, many others that I've talked to, you go through these sine waves of life. But women are the business owners, they're the nurturers, they're the moms, they're the dads, they're inside of our political system, they're at the local level, I mean, they're driving kids around, I mean, it's, they're doing all this stuff. So for the women in this room, I'm, 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 like I'm pleading to you I'm pleading to you that you have to get involved. You have to get fired up because I don't tell you, and I can go rhyme and verse on, on the numbers here, but I won't because just because of time. But we have to we have to energize everybody. Everybody has to figure out what your potential is. And you don't know what your potential is. You don't know what you don't know what your potential is. You're going to figure it out. You're going to see it in yourself. But everybody. Continues to have potential as you as you get older and older and older. You you begin to figure out more and more about life and what life is about. Find your potential, maximize your potential, and you know when you maximize your potential, you'll know it because you will have exceeded something that you never did before, and you'll suddenly realize, "Wow, I didn't know that I could do that." Okay, and part of doing that is getting involved in your communities. And do not let these people that are telling us what to do. This country was founded on individual liberties. This document talks about individual liberties, not not these crazy stuff that is coming out of Washington, D.C. No administration comes into office with whatever it is now, 90, 100 executive orders. The most in our history was six in this period of time. Six. Six. Six was the most in the history of our country up, up to this point in time, and we're looking at—I think that it's like ninety. It's insane. So, what we have to do? This is why this Constitution, this document says we—we we the people have these things called states' rights, and we have these things called individual liberties. Pay attention to what's going on in Maricopa County. Pay attention to what's going on in Michigan. Pay attention to what's going on in Georgia. Is anybody here from Wisconsin? Get involved in Wisconsin. Two hundred forty-two thousand votes in Wisconsin. We know we're we're, we're bad votes. I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible that uh, that gentleman and I met tonight, Gilbert, is he here? Great guy down in the back. Thank you for engaging me earlier. I mean, Nevada. I mean, this is insane. So it happened. They outsmarted us, they outmaneuvered us, and now what we've gotta do is we've gotta work together. There's one thing that I do know, I don't worry about the Democrats anymore because I know what their game plan is. I know exactly what they're gonna do. What I worry about is us, is this community getting its act together and working together, working together, breaking down these barriers. The ecumenical communities out there, walls all over the place. Walls all over the place. We have one one thing that we have in common. And it's not this. It's the Bible. The doctrine that we have that's in common in the Christian community is the Bible. That's our doctrine. That's our doctrine. That's the way we should live. This doctrine is based on that. There's a reason why there are ten Bill of Rights. Because there are ten commandments. That's the way it was designed. It was designed on purpose like that. What we have to do is look at the traditions in our in our communities, in these economical Christian communities, and I'm talking about a billion people around the world. At least that's probably lowballing. Over a hundred million people in this country that are Christians. Over a hundred million, and they, and I'm lowballing that number. It's probably it's probably you know almost double. They don't get to ban God God from our Pledge of Allegiance. So 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 just just keep all this in mind. Think again I don't have the answers. What I do know is I'm standing up here, and if I had my grandchildren up here, or they were here, they'd be up here with me. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. For no other reason. (laughs) You know, it's for you, kids, for these children. So These kids, I want to. Everybody, give you guys a big, a big round of applause. This right, they have nothing. They have nothing tonight, and I, like I said, I don't know how much time we have now. And I'll shut up here in one second and, and let Clay take you know, back control here. Lynn kind of talked a little bit about it because I, I don't like to equate now to some other point in history, or to use analogies and stuff like that. But um, because I really do believe that. Our country's never been in this place where we are right now I don't just like I, I think about all the different history lessons that we've gone through in our country but you know I, I, I stood on the uh, Lexington common a long time ago about probably seven or eight years ago I, I've gone up there quite a bit over time I stood on Lexington common which was a, a total loss for the for some militia they ran out ran out of a, uh, of a church really and because they knew the British were coming down the road. They, they were warned and so a, a small group of them went out there and, and, they, and they fought against uh, you know, the, the greatest force in the, in the history of the world at that time. And they got beat pretty bad. Uh, a bunch of them got killed, stood, you know, they stood their ground, basically stood in one, one line formation. And then they broke and, and, they, uh, and they took off the, and they were stabbed in the back, they were shot in the head and all that sort of stuff. That's the Battle of, of Lexington Commons, very famous battle, and if you ever have chances to Google it, to read about it, read about the people that were there. there really, when you talk about true patriotism, that's because it's like, why are we doing this? But then the next, the next battle that occurred right after that, same day, about three miles down the road, was the Battle of Conquer. The Battle of Concord is a little tiny stream, there's a bridge. And the, uh, and, the, and the British basically were chasing, and so there was enough warning, and so my message right now is about warning. Okay. So the formation of the militiamen, essentially, were able to get down, and they got across the little bridge, and the bridge is no more than, like, from me to that that cowboy hat right there, it's literally that, it's like when you think about these things, it's, it's a little tiny creek if, you have, for a, if you're a long jumper, you can jump over it. And so they formed up. They formed up a sort of what's called a square, and the Battle of Concord. The most famous thing the Battle of Concord is known for is is the, this phrase called the shot heard round the world. Okay, that that came out of the Battle of Concord, and to this day, there's a ton you know, 15 stories about who actually fired the first shot. Nobody really knows. Somebody was probably scared. They had an accidental discharge, you know, and then all of a sudden, all hell broke out, and the The way that they operated at the time, they were able to overwhelm the British force, and and that was a massive victory. And even though it was like it, it, there really wasn't much to it, but that resonated to all the other colonies. The word got out that hey, these these Americans, they actually were able to beat these guys. And then of course we went on to lose every other battle until you know the very famous uh, crossing of the Delaware. So I, I don't know where we are in history. I just know that we're here, here in Tulsa, and if, you know, if Tulsa is anything, because I'm trying to equate it to what it is that we're facing. You know, is this a moment in time where, for what will happen tomorrow, what will happen maybe Saturday? You know, is this the the first shot of many heard around the world? Because there's going to be I've got an awful lot of people not only here physically, so thank you all for making the time to be here, but there is going to be tens and tens of millions of people watching and listening and taking all of this in because the one thing that I want people to know is that you are not alone. You are not alone out there. There's going to be the 3% or the 2% or whatever the number is that that you want us to talk about. There are going to be those of us that are willing to go to the gates when I say go to the gay means to do whatever, whatever is required for us to, to, do this, to, to do the things to sacrifice, to get out and talk about the kinds of things that we need to talk about. So my call to action for you all is to get involved in your communities. You know, there's no more excuses, folks. There's none, no more excuses. People come up to me and talk to me about how they wish they served in the military, and I tell them, stop. I love serving the military, I go back today. Don't worry about whether you wanted to serve or not serve in the military or whether you could or couldn't. Worry about how you serve your country, how you serve your county, how you serve your parish, how you serve your township, your community. That's how you serve. And it may be as a school teacher, it may be as a janitor, it may be as a mayor, who knows, whatever it is, whatever it is, that's how you serve. So you have to think about how you're doing it whether or not you continue to do it, and what more you can do, maximize your potential out there, folks. So thank you very much. God bless America.
1: Let's hear it one more time for General Flynn. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Okay, we started with a prayer. We're going to end with a prayer. And Charlene uh, Bollinger. Charlene, can you come up here real quick here? Charlene is a good friend of mine. She's a prayer warrior. She's the bold woman that General Clint was talking about. And Deb Antis, can you come up here, Deb? Deb will not wear a mask. If people are afraid to even ask her to wear a mask, the people at the grocery stores don't ask her. It's scary. So I would like for you to, to share a final word and if you could in with a prayer, is that Okay. This is Deb Antis. Deb, seriously, she does not wear a mask and people see her coming in and they say, ma'am, could you... Never mind. And I'm not sure how she does. I've, I've been with her to Target and I've seen you do this. So share your tips for being a bold Christian.
3: Um, tips for being a bold Christian. I would just say, honestly, Julie, my sister and, and I were talking today and um, it's all about how you approach it. And... We're not supposed to be ugly and we're not supposed to be rude and we're not supposed to be confrontational. We're just supposed to hold tight to our convictions and you can do that without being all of those things. There's a difference between just saying no thank you or not today or whatever and smile and walk on your way. As opposed to getting in somebody's face who's just trying to do their job and screaming at them about, do you know what a mask mandate is? <laughs> the vaccines are fake. You know, blah blah blah. That's not the time for that. So, just be nice. Walk and love. Yep, Clay, thank you for uh, giving me the honor to give all glory and honor to God. Um, it's a privilege to be among you But it's most mostly a privilege to be Called a child of the king of the universe yes. Amen. I just Somebody mentioned something about privilege earlier And I wanted to say this and then Close it down in prayer But I was in D.C. And they were forcing the mask Of course everywhere And so we went to H&M with my daughter I wanted to get her a few things And the people wanted everybody to wear a mask, and I said no. (laughs) And um, I said, we do have a medical condition. We need to be able to breathe. So we proceeded to shop, and and the gym owner here is right. We need to to do this everywhere we go. Every small thing matters. So what I'm getting at is this. When I went to check out, there were uh, all of the people behind the counter were black people. And they were very agitated with me clearly because I was white. And so the one guy said, well, don't bother with her because she's just privileged, she's white. (laughs) And so I didn't say anything. I was just thinking and praying, what do I say, Lord? What do do you want me to say? So I just said, excuse me, young man, but you're right, I am privileged because I'm a child of the king of the universe. And I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus did for me at the cross. And do you know Jesus? Because I'd love for you to be there with me. And his answer to me was, to be with you? I said, no, the point would be to be with Jesus. And he said, no thanks. But you know, we set a seed, and we have no idea what happened there in his heart, what God will do. And tomorrow and the next day, this is going to be live-streamed, around the world. Perhaps this is the shot that would, will be heard like it was in Concord. The shot heard around the world. God can do anything. Join me in prayer. Dear Holy Heavenly Father, we just close this evening and we rejoice in your presence and in your goodness and your kindness to us. We thank you for Clay Clark and his beautiful wife, the team, that, that brought us all here and ultimately we just exalt you and we thank you for bringing each speaker, each guest, each influencer that is bringing everything that they have to the table for you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, you gave everything you had at the cross. You left the glories of heaven and you came down. You walked among vile sinners and you loved us. You loved us so much that you gave everything to the very last drop of your blood so that we can be with you in heaven. What will we not now withhold for you? Help us, Lord, to sacrifice everything you've given us, everything that we are, and everything we have, for your glory. We pray that you would be with each one of these people. Give everyone good rest. Go safely home or to the hotels and bring us back together and show the world your glory, your power, and your goodness, and it's in your mighty, holy name, my Savior, our King Jesus, that we commit this weekend into your hands. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Charlene.
1: A couple quick notes. So I'll let you guys get out of here for tonight. Um, One, tomorrow uh, from 10:30 to 12:30 is the speaker meet and greet. Many people are so excited to meet you guys. So from 10:30 to 12:30, we're going to try to. I have 26, I think, police officers inside the church, so we should be safe. But they want to meet you guys, shake their hand, they watch so much of your content, so we'll be a meet and greet from 10.30 to 12.30 tomorrow, and from 12.30 to 9.00, 9.30, we're going to have back-to-back speakers with time to break in between a little bit there, there will be both days, and then Sunday, the vast majority of attendees are going to Rama Church, you don't have to, but Sunday, they're having a massive church service at Rama and Rama at 10.30 in the morning, and then I'm hosting a brunch here at this uh, building here at 1230 for anybody who doesn't hate me at that point. So uh, Sunday at 1230 we're having a brunch here uh, for all the speakers and presenters. Ladies and gentlemen I appreciate you so much for being here. I always end my show with a boom. We'll end this event with a boom. So three, two, one, Boom! Have a good night.